Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. And this is going to be episode 189, episode 189 of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is The Informed Catholic, and I'm very happy to be here with you. So the last time I did an article on the uh, color revolution, and um I'm going to revisit this article again because I really think this is important. I really think this is important because um, actually I'm going to do um, not just this article. I'm going to do uh, the article by Archbishop Vigano as well because there's going to be a um, where he slams the USCCB for actually daring to uh, declare Joe Biden uh, the second Ameri- uh, Catholic American president after Joe, uh, John F. Kennedy. And this is going to be very interesting because what we have here is what I mean by color revolution. They're basically, it's like a mirage. This is like the election mirage because that's exactly what happened here. Uh, and uh, well, before we begin... Please subscribe and share to the podcast. It will be a great help. And, um, you know, just tell your friends, share it with people. This this is not over, okay? The media does not have the power to call an election. Look, this is exactly what's happening. It's, it's, a, it's a mirage. Think about it. They're calling it a win when it is not legally a win. There's a lot of discrepancies in the election, and what makes this interesting is the fact that, you see, it's being done when there's a lot of technology now. Um, the last time there was discrepancy, and this was basically because of failure of um, what happened in Florida, it was the Bush versus Gore. And it was never forgiven. <laughs> Literally, it was never forgiven. And then suddenly, you know, this, you had to appeal to the Supreme Court because you got to remember... It is the state legislators. It is not a judge. No judge can rewrite laws. So anyway, let's let's first uh, begin with a prayer, and then we'll um, we'll start this article. And I really think it's going to be uh, very interesting. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Queen of the Rosary, Patroness of America, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Church, Terror of Demons, pray for us. St. Thomas More, Patron Saint of Lawyers and uh, statesmen, please pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. St. Augustine, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us and defend us from evil. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, so a 
color revolution. All right, let's look into this a little bit. This is by Richard Rich Higgins. It's from Choose Freedom. Your strongest weapon is your vote. Okay, this was written August 28th, 2020. The current domestic political situation has decomposed into a national security issue. The 2020 political cycle is being utilized to mask the extremely hostile revolutionary nature, revolutionary nature of these events. Even the violence is distraction. Current intelligence indicates that a siege of the White House may initiate on or about September 17th and culminate in a November 3rd election crisis that carries on past the election. The revolutionary operational design has three key components that must be factored in. All right, so why would this person write this? Why would he say this is going to happen? Okay, everything is decomposing. It's falling apart. Well, uh, look at the fact that the Democrats want to get rid of voter ID. They also got rid of, they rewrote laws where signatures do not have to match. All right? There's no signature re uh, recognition. And they also want to have earlier, earlier voting. And they want to have longer, longer time to count a vote. Okay? That right there, you're getting rid of voter integrity. Okay, also the postmark on the uh, the ballot doesn't have to match. Then they want to have harvesting, having people come up to your door to pick up your ballot. Now, all that has been done in Pennsylvania, a Democratic state, and has been done in other states. Look at what they're doing that destroys uh, election integrity. So it's decomposing. It's falling apart. Also, you got to remember the Constitution, the Constitution, the framers wrote down how an election is supposed to take place. The Democrats just hate the Constitution. They don't like to be kept within the framework. They don't like to be kept within the borderline of the Constitution. It's one of the things Marxist socialists hate. Mark Levin said that basically if you really, really want to destroy a system, the, the socialist communists came up with a whole thing, the Marxists, all of them. What do they do? They came up with an idea. Flood the system overflood the system, flood it to the strains to, to, to the finally it's going to burst. And then, you know, they, 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 they do, they do, um, ballot harvesting is also another name. It's, it's basically called stuff the ballot box, stuff. The ballot box is a, it's an, it's basically found mostly among dem Democrats. Once an election takes place, you have to figure out how much you need. Then you figure out how much votes you got to bring in when nobody's looking and you stuff the ballot box and they've done it. Biden performed a fantastic miracle. 
worthy to be called a saint. All right? It hasn't been done since Jesus Christ. He raised the dead. He got them to vote for him. A fantastic miracle. Um, according to uh, Michael Knowles, uh, LBJ, who himself was quite a cheat, uh, one time lost an election and he came in to, um, to meet with uh, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who wanted to meet with him and talk about his loss for the election in the Senate, I believe it was. And he told him, there's one thing you guys in the South haven't learned is what we people in the North learned. Once an election takes place, you sit on the ballot box. Because if you don't sit on the ballot box, they'll stuff it. And then he, yeah, he, he learned to do that. But he also decided he's going to stuff the ballot box to his favor. And he, it was done. It was an investigation. They found um, ballots with the same pen and the same uh, handwriting. So... It's, it's common, and this is often in the past, elections have, uh, you know, have had this problem, and it's always been with the Democratic uh, candidate who's had this problem. This was done quite a lot in the past, you know, and it's true. If you look it up, it's not, imp it's not impossible. You got to look it up. So that's exactly what they did. And here he's saying it. Uh, it's just basically, uh, you know, a, a smokescreen. We're going to see that. This is what an election mirage is like. It's basically a smokescreen. So uh, the current intelligence indicates the siege of the White House may indicate on or about September 17th, a culminate in November 3rd, an election crisis that carries on past the election. The revolutionary operational design has three key components that must be factored in, okay? First, the revolutionaries must control the media and social media communications environment. Second, the revolutionaries must maintain control of a portion of the bureaucracy. All right, you see that. Look at um, CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC. NPR, all right? Look at the fact that they have <clears throat> all basically have been anti-Trump from the beginning. Look at the fact that they all have been anti-Trump. The whole, um, right from the beginning, since he got elected. Um, the, there's an, there's an uh, Amazon Prime, uh, the plot to destroy Trump. It's actually quite well done because it went over through the whole process, especially um, the Steele dossier, <clears throat> which, I mean, I found it very funny. You had uh, Chris Cuomo on, on uh, they showed a, a clip from his CNN show. It's illegal for you to have it, but not so much for us, the media. So we will read it for you and, and you know, and read it for you. Think about it. So how do we know you're telling us the truth? They spied on the Trump's family. They, start, they spied on the Trump campaign. It was clearly Hillary Clinton who paid for it. Um, the whole thing about Russia, 
the they had a control. They infiltrated and controlled the FBI. Obama's administration was the most corrupt administration. The problem was they thought they had it. And now think about this. All these people are celebrating on the streets. Some are waving U.S. flags. What happens if this goes to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court finally does rule in Trump's favor? These same people who are waving the flag will quickly turn and burn the flag. It's exactly what they're going to do. Exactly they're going to do this. And it's, it's very sad. All right. Let's continue here. And bureaucracy, yeah. Like I said, they had control, uh, Comey, FBI, uh, the IRS. Remember the whole the whole ridiculous thing with the IRS investigating and questioning conservatives who donate money to organizations and questioning their politics? It's ridiculous. All right. Uh, finally, the Republican Party and GOP establishment must be under the positive control of the revolutionary narrative and remain passive. If the revolutionaries can succeed in controlling these three components of their operation, they can be successful. Which, okay, this is going to, this is the part here that's very important. Mitt Romney just came out and said that he doesn't think there's, there's an election fraud. Uh, several uh, Republican GOPs have distanced themselves from Trump. All right, are not going to stand by him. Some, you know, some of them are showing who they are. That's this is the part here that they're talking about. And he admitted that he didn't vote for Donald Trump. This is part of the component. They're trying to get the passive, but unfortunately, they didn't get all of them. Because that's the thing. The problem with it, this is difficult for them to do this. They're trying. They're using a tactic that would have worked in the past without all the technology that we have now back in the past they had smartphones they had net inter- they didn't didn't have smartphones they didn't have internet that's what i meant to say they didn't have smartphones they didn't have internet they didn't have all these things this is important and information travels fast they're using a tactic they're very good they they, they the the democrats have close relationship with hollywood they have control of some of the media. They have like Facebook uh, and they have Twitter. They have um, Google. All right. Just now I was like uh, last night I was listening to uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall and, and several other um, Catholic websites, uh, YouTube channels at the bottom of their page. YouTube put on that the that you know because they're talking about the election that the election has been uh, uh you know verified they're putting they're putting a little note at the bottom they're they're basically challenge they're basically basically saying that this person is lying to you they're calling Dr. Taylor Marshall a liar. They're calling several Catholic uh, pages. They're talking, they're, they're, you know, they're calling, uh, they actually did it. They put it under um, Raymond Arroyo's uh, World Over. He was interviewing uh, Dinesh D'Souza. They're, they're saying this election has been verified. You can look it up on Google. So you see they're using the media. They're using the media. The, the election has not been verified. 
Okay, this is the, the media does not have the power to call an election. They they actually infiltrated Fox, so Fox is part of that. So there you go. All right, that's that's what that's something we all have to look into. Fox has been because the the head of Fox is a Democrat, and he is the uh, what do you call it? The director, the producer, whatever you want to call it. He he had them call Arizona early, so. Right there is uh, showing you how Fox, Fox has lost his integrity, has lost, has lost it completely. All right, let's continue. Um, so they want the, they want the, they want it, they want the, uh, the GOP to be passive. Well, it's not because not all the GOP is full, GOP is falling for this. The color revolutions utilizes information warfare tactics to create a crisis situation in which institutional leaders are placed under tremendous political pressure to support the revolutionary objective. Yeah, I would say that's true. It's true, but it's not it's 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 not completely uh true. I mean, um they they want they they're trying to uh, but the thing is, it's hard because they're using a tactic that could, like I said, would have worked in the past. All right. But now it's not going to work the same way. Look, the the likelihood, some people believe that another, that that for, for Biden, okay, uh, this guy who's going to become a president brain putty, all right, is just going to bring in an Obama policies. He will have us go back to war again. Uh, uh, have the arms dealers making deals, selling weapons uh, the way Obama did, making deals with uh, Islamic fundamentalists. Uh, the policies against Iran will be removed. Uh, he'll probably take away the um, uh, the embassy from Jerusalem and no longer recognize Jerusalem as the capital. This is basically we're going to go back having war again because the Democrats really do not want the stability. I mean, think about it. there's actually more countries that want to settle and have peace. The Democrats basically is they, they don't want to. They want to destabilize that area. Because the world globalists want to ha have other plans for it. And one of the biggest problems for them right now is Israel is in the way. So, and then now, I mean, they already have a pope. They have a pope who's a hand puppet. They have the Catholic Church bishops as their hand puppet. So whatever is going to happen, if, if Joe Biden gets in, this work, this work of stability, of, of peace and stability is going to be gone. Because they don't, because this basically what happens is, is this is built on the philosophy and ideas of, of sovereignty. Nobody's losing their sovereignty. Israel's not losing its sovereignty. They want globalization. And globalization means it has to be, they have to submit according to the globalist agenda, which is very Marxist. And Israel is not going to agree with this. I hate to, I'm going to say it, I don't think any, I think very few of the Arabs are going to agree with this. All right? It's dangerous. So let me read this part again. Color revolutions utilize information warfare tactics, create crisis situations in which 
institutional leaders are placed under tremendous political pressure to support the revolutionary objective. The control of the media and other communications is used by revolutionaries or their support supporters to amplify a crisis, election fraud, solutions selected by the revolutionaries, remove Trump. These narratives are amplified by the media to silence and control GOP opponents and to compel action by the bureaucrats. All right. So uh, one of the interesting, uh, interest, interesting things is both Mark Levin and Michael Knowles said that people like Mitt Romney and um, John McCain and, and like the Bush, Bush Sr. and Bush Jr., both of them have always sort of given in a little bit to the Democrats, like on on certain policies and certain issues. Uh, you know, they all agree with Planned Parenthood. So technically, when you have rhino Republicans that always give in, the answer to that is basically that there, there it's, it's not a two-party system. It's a one-party system. All right. And that's what they've that, that's why they've always given into Democrats. I mean, there's an image with Joe Biden with the uh, the head of the GOP uh, where he was shaking hands with the guy, laughing and shaking hands and calling him your son of a bitch. And, you know, this, you know, this was when he had a little bit more brain power left in him. And they they were acting like they were the best of buddies. Both of them were Irish Catholics. Both of them, uh, you know, uh, kind of like had similarity. I think the other guy was from Pennsylvania, I believe, but I can't remember his name. But remember Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan was a rhino Republican. He gave in very easily to the Democrats. And he and, and a lot of his ideas were very similar to he was like a younger version of, of Joe Biden. So you see right there. It's it's basically when when you have people like that, it's technically a one party system. The other side will do anything not to have a drag out fight, even if it means halfway, and it, even if it means it's not what the voters wanted. It goes against the wishes of the voters. Then it's an elitist one party system. That's all it is. Okay, these narratives are amplified by the media to silencing and control GOP opponents and compel action by the bureaucrats. The history of sabotage and subversion directed against the campaign transition and administration during the first term should serve as a warning. The history of sabotage and subversion directed against the campaign transition and administration during the first term should serve as a warning. Remember all the problems he had, what he went through, okay, what he went through. It Obviously, they were doing everything they can to, to sabotage his first term of, ele uh, of presidency. All right. This plan includes the utilization of various revolutionary actors that have been observed conducting operational and informational preparation for the, uh, the environment of the past several months. Okay, there are two key vulnerabilities to color revolutions, prior knowledge and united opposition. This is important. There are two key vulnerabilities to color revolutions, 
prior knowledge and united oppositions. Actions one, the public and institutional leaders must be made aware of these efforts in a coherent manner. Two, MAGA Republicans and all Americans must unite to oppose their agenda. And this is the problem. They have, they're not, they're not successful. The fact that I'm reading this and the fact that you have people now, there's a, a Jericho movement, uh, what do you call it? a bunch? They're going to be appearing for seven days at, at capitals and they're going to put the pressure. And another important thing is if people support Trump by donating to his legal team, all right, $5, $10, whatever. I mean, if people can do that, that's that's going to help. Because one thing, if he loses, I'm going to guarantee you there's going to be a serious, serious problem if Joe Biden gets inaugurated. He's not going to last long in the White House. Six months, a year, I would be, uh, I would give him. Two years, I would be surprised. But eventually... Even if Kamala Harris takes over, she's going to chip away at at the uh, Constitution, and you're going to see a lot of opposition in the, in in the red states, a lot of opposition towards it, and it's going to pull the country apart. The country will no longer be a united republic. It's going to be tearing the fabric. And the sad problem is that many of these guy, many of these Republicans, are dissing themselves. Um. Is sad, but he really needs he needs our prayer and he needs our help. And and we're gonna have to depend on God because what you know after that whatever may happen is all in God's will, God's hands. So we have to see we have, we have to we have to pray. We have to pray that things we have to either have a strong Senate if if they can stay if they can remain a strong Senate, and look for another uh, another representative. I'm telling you, it's, you know, I hope he does win because once he gets through this part, the Republican Party will be changed forever. Uh, this is, you know, this is something we really have to consider what's going on here. It's it's scary. And um, they, they actually, you know, they, this was all a distraction. All the statues being pulled down, the stores being destroyed. Uh, people being harassed and being churches being attacked, uh, defund the police. All that was a smoke screen to distract us from what they were doing behind the curtain, behind their their mini iron curtain. But now it's going to become a very strong iron curtain if 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 they win, and it's sad. All right, this here is from November fourth. Game on for the coup. Michael Anton, all right, uh, November 4th, 2020. Strictly speaking, a coup is an illegitimate change of government by a violent means. But what if you can do it without violence? Mostly peaceful ouster from power is preferable to the use of force because it can much more easily be sold as our democracy at work. You see? Isn't that, I mean, that, that makes sense. It's more sophisticated. There's no bloodshed. Uh, it will not spark uh, people to run and grab their guns, those who have guns legally. 
and it will it will call it will have very little people or no people at all protesting on the street. National polls consistently predict a huge Biden blowout. They were wrong again. Is demonstrated by the fact that that a uh, the twenty twenty polar vote is so far um, a mere two point spread, hardly a blowout. Okay. The first part here is interesting. Okay, let me just read this again. National polls consistently predict a huge Biden blowout. They were wrong again. Is a demonstrated by is demonstrated by a the facts that a uh, that a the twenty twenty polar vote is so far. California is not fully counted. I, I would say right now it is a mere two point spread, hardly a blowout. B, Trump got a higher share of the vote than last time. And C, Trump received far more total votes than the last time. Listen, they're right about this. Because one, it shows there are certain areas that they're bringing in now in certain parts that historically never had an 89% voter turnout. Always, even under Obama, there was only a 65% voter turnout. And nobody's talking about this. The, the media is ignoring this. And this is where it doesn't make any sense. There are areas where they got so much Biden vote that there was not even one Trump vote. It's impossible. Every election will tell you it's absolutely impossible. There was There's no way... It, it, it could turn out like this. Okay, so let's continue with this part. But it's the swing states that matter, okay? Okay, here again. Trump was supposed to lose, if not necessarily big, in every case, at least widely. But throughout the day, the president consistently outperformed the polls. He crushed his 2016 performance in Florida. He also outperformed in Iowa, Ohio, South Carolina, Texas. Senators he was supposed to drag down with him, including, including Joni Ernest, Lindsey Graham, and Mitch McConnell won handily. Even Susan Collins, who was supposed to be a sure goner, and lost by at least three, one, uh, one by nine. A party that was certain to lose the Senate has kept it and gained so far six seats in the House. Okay, looking at the states, no one expected Trump to lose. His outperformance is even more stark. The polling average for West Virginia was Trump plus 17. He won by 39 points. Kansas was estimated at plus nine. The result was plus fifteen. It's <laughs> it's 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 you know this is this is this is what they're saying. The polars, the people who were so d dead on. Now uh, here's the thing: ignore the polls. Ignore the polls. Michael Voris actually said it's the last two weeks you need to pay attention to, and national polls don't count. First of all, a lot of people don't answer the phone a lot of people don't want to give 
their opinion because they're they don't want sti- they don't want a stigma they don't want to be uh ousted they don't want to be you know ridiculed because you know you get a lot of people who call you racist bigot white supremacist you don't answer no one's going to answer them no one's going to answer those the the truth no one's going to tell you exactly what they think i think personally that if you see violence and attacks I think it's going to trigger people's way of how they're going to vote. Also, I personally, I have to tell you, when I talked to some friends, a lot of them didn't even know certain things were said by certain media pundits. Uh, one of one of my friends didn't even know that Chris Cuomo said, who said protests have to be peaceful. He didn't even know that. They didn't even know uh, what you know? What what certain media pundits were saying? All right. When it came to the question about the shutdown, we had a debate about it, and he didn't even know what the World Health Organization, the the president of the World Health Organization, said. That he he originally came out and said everything was under control in China. Now, Trump went by what the World Health Organization president said. And then when he found out that it wasn't true, he immediately shut down the country. But then you had someone like Joe Biden come along and say, he's a racist, he's a xenophobe. And then you have Nancy Pelosi running down to San Francisco, hugging and kissing people. I mean, people have to understand, you you, you know, the president made a choice and he did he did follow what certain people told uh, what he thought was right. The World Health Organization, we give them money. That's why he pulled out of the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization lied. They covered up for China. So he simply did what he thought was the right thing. Why support them if they're going to lie? So um, you see here the polls affect does this affect how people think but when people don't get their information and some people are not very news savvy they're not very news savvy but they are going to be influenced by the news if they're not going to challenge that information challenge that information find out if it's true they don't do that okay so the next line here throughout the day the president was also outperforming his his expected results in key states such as Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Minnesota, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. He even for a time looked like he was within striking distance in Virginia, a state Hillary Clinton won by five points in 2016. At one point, the New York Times meter had Trump chances in North Carolina at 92%. The needle was also sliding in the president's direction in Arizona and Georgia, among others. And then suddenly the counting stopped in at least five states or parts of the states. Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. All but one with a Democratic governor. Coincidence, surely. When you know, when has that ever happened? Well, it happened in Broward County, Florida, in 2018, when a uh, dodgy Democratic election official appeared to be intervening illicitly on her party's behalf. The process only got back underway when the state's Republican governor 
intervened and had her removed from the process. Interesting. All right, that was very interesting, that part there. All right, let's continue here, the bottom here. But getting back to last night, uh, he's talking about the November 3rd. Sometime in the wee hours, additional ballots were found and added to early totals, which had Trump ahead. No one surprised. Those votes were overwhelming literally as much as 100% in some batches for Biden, according to the Nats, according to Nate Silver. No one's idea of a Trump, a Trumpist one trench of a 23,277 votes that turned up in Philadelphia were all for Biden. Absent some kind of harvesting, a fraud, or both. That's a logical and statistical impossibility. Hmm. All right. So through, through the night, all such ballots came from heavily Democratic areas, posting uh, unusually improbable high turnout, 85% in Milwaukee, a city that turned out at only 61% in 2016. You see what I'm saying? Look at that, 85% to 61%. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of people who just don't vote. And I and, and and a lot of people do that. Okay. Talk to Tim Poole. For a long time he didn't vote. And he's a very smart a smart guy. He has a, it's a podcast. He's intelligent, very knowledgeable. And a lot of people, I met a lot of people like that. They and they don't vote. So I I'll be honest with you. I think there's a lot of people that did not vote. And I'm going to say that mostly a lot of them probably are in Democratic areas. There's a lot. And yes, there's a lot of Republicans. But if you are a churchgoer, um, if you're a churchgoer, if you uh, are very conservative, you have very conservative values, the most likely chances you are going to vote. You are going to vote. Uh, but yes, there is young people, people in, in states. But if you are very much an activist and you are very much leftist and uh, most likely, yeah, it depends on the person's, um, I don't think, I don't like to say education because I don't believe a lot of people necessarily have to have a college education to be politically active. I think Tim Pool proved that he's a he's a dropout uh and everything. But he's very very high intel uh, you know, a very intelligent person. And I think you're going to find you're going to find that things are changing right now. I mean, what exactly um will get a person to be active in elections? I think it depends on uh life experience and it depends I think on the person's um if you're a high information person, I would have to say this. If you're a high information person, yes, you're going to vote. If you are listening to the news constantly, reading reports, all right, um, and you're very active, especially in your belief system and everything, yeah, I would say you're going to get that person to vote. But if you're not a high information person and Let's say you take part in some elections, but not all elections. Then I have to say, honestly, yeah, uh, not very good. That's not very good. All right. So though 
Uh, through the night, all such ballots came from heavily Democratic areas, posting usually improbable high turnout, 85% in Milwaukee, a city that turned out turned out at only 61 percent in 2016 and even with obama on the ballot in 2012 at 71 percent but 85 percent for sleepy joe according to one report seven milwaukee precincts turns out returned more presidential votes than they than they have registered voters turnout in wisconsin overall is alleged to have been 89 percent 89.25 percent more than five standard uh, deviations for the state's mean mean turnout since 1960 another statistical impossibility one might also wonder why this urban blue wave materialized only in close states milwaukee was a way up but not in cleveland philly but not in st louis Granted, Ohio and Missouri are red, but their big, their big cities aren't. Uh, aren't. In other words, you know, the, an interesting. That's very interesting. Uh, wow. So, St. Louis, granted, Ohio and Missouri are red, but their big cities aren't. Hmm. Because mostly, uh, big capitals tend to be a little bit more democrat they tend to be a little bit more democrat and that's true you go to outside of new york upstate a friend of mine told me that you can find a trump hat and you won't be bothered for wearing a trump hat but if you're in manhattan like manhattan you're going to find you you know you're going to find it's all democrat interesting how it's done okay We've seen this movie before. This is how they beat Scott Walker in Wisconsin 2018, Tom Foley in Connecticut in 2010, Norm Coleman in Minnesota in 2008. Why stop the count? Because that's the only way to know how many votes you need to win. Sure, you can just brute force things by backing up a truck and full of ballots, but that looks bad you might even end up counting more votes than there are registered voters in the state better the uh, better to ick out a narrow win to chip out a narrow win as joe joseph kennedy senior allegedly said to his second son i'm not paying for a landslide <laughs> speaking of the kennedy's veteran political observer theodore h white in their, com- uh, in their company on election night, 1960, ex- uh, explained how it's done. In Illinois, the race came down to, okay, downstate Republican versus Cook County, Democrat. And the bosses holding back totals from key precincts were playing out their concealed cards under pressure of pub- publicly as a giant game of blackjack. The AP ticker chattered its key one uh key ones more key once more and reported with all downstate precincts now up reported in and only cook county precincts unreported richard nixon has surged into the lead by three thousand votes i was dismayed for if nixon really carried illinois the game was all but over and at this point 
I was jabbed from dismay by the outburst of jubilation from young Dick Donahue, who who yelped, he's got them. Daly made them go first. He's still holding back. Watch him play his hand now. I was baffled. They were uh, elated. But they knew the counting game better than I, and as if in response to Donahue's yelp, the ticker, having stuttered along for several minutes with other results, announced with the last precinct of Cook County now in Senator Kennedy, uh, in, Senator Kennedy has won at least of 8,000 votes to carry Illinois' 27 electoral votes. Later that evening, Kennedy told his friend Ben Bradley of an early call from Daly when all is seemed in doubt with a little bit of luck and, and the help of a few close friends. Daly had assured Kennedy before the AP had pushed out the count, you're going to carry Illinois. It is, is that what happened last night? Sure. It looks, it looks it plus, uh, a change to say nothing of, of the considerations. It is hard to believe that an eight point win on Ohio would be coupled with losses throughout the rest of the upper Midwest or that historically deep purple Florida would go strongly for Trump while Georgia and North Carolina would not. Are those states really so unrepresentative of the American electorate? The thing could this the thing could but will never be proved those who ran the operation are also in charge of all the potential investigating agencies there's zero chance they will use any of that power to uncover their own malfeasance think a biden justice department will will, will look into it no never expect instead a media typhoon of propaganda insisting that the results are all legit, that any anomaly you think you saw or saw is a conspiracy theory or at any rate in, innocently unexplained by the mundane process details to, uh, too boring to get into. Twitter is already slapping warnings on the accounts of those who point out irregularities. How long before they start outright suspensions? Well, we'll look. Well, will it work? That depends on the president and his allies, and what and what they do. The odds and the forces arrayed against them are immense. What would oh, what would I have them do? I'm not. I'm no expert, but the crew at the revolver has some good ideas. One challenge the late night fines in the in the courts. Two hold rallies on consistent states. Three, urge GOP officials in close states to expose the shenanigans and if if necessary to refuse to seat Biden's elector, electors in the event of a fake account. Four, more mount campaigns to marshal grassroots public opinions in the president's favor. Convince the people that if in fact the election is in the process of being stolen. The president and his allies are going to fight the steal on their behalf. If middle Americans 
want to prevent this election from being stolen. It, it will have to be willing to act now. I know they are I know they're willing, but they need to hear from the president and his best surrogates. I'd get, I'd get Trump on a Tucker, a Tucker tonight to explain his plan. That's a good idea right there. But if another sense, the Democrats plan won't work, even if they, even if the steel can't be made to stick, half the country won't accept it. That is, they'll accept the reality that, that power is now in the hands of a party that took it by fraud, but they won't believe that the election was a fair or the outcome real. They'll, they will believe or be confirmed in, in a belief that has been brewing, uh, brewing for a long time, that the system is rigged, the process is fake, the ruling class are liars, the government is illegitimate, and they themselves are subjects and not citizens. Anything but a free people with a, with a say over its own destiny. If the ruling class can get away with this, they, they will be able to get away with anything, and they will know it. The irony will be that those who, who, who over the last four years, have deleted the, the loudest about our democracy will have been the most responsible for killing it off. That's true. That is absolutely true. Think about it. If Biden gets away with it, if Joe Biden, if the Democrats will get away with it, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to accept it. I mean, he, I will accept the fact that he's up there and he's got the title president, but I'm going to be with everybody else that they stole it and that the, the system is rigged and it's broken. And the very same people who for the last four years have been anti-Trump, in my opinion, are the very same people who killed democracy. They hated the guy so badly. They hated him without without cause. And in their mind, they killed. Democracy dies, will die. If this goes through, if Trump loses, if there doesn't if it doesn't go his way in the Supreme Court, you're not going to get people who will be confident about this government. As a matter of fact, I would say a Joe Biden Harris administration is one step closer to a civil war. That's it. Because they're going to chip away at the democracy, at the at the constitution, and there will be no, there's going to be no peace. Okay? Because think very carefully. Where did you see any Trump person smashing windows, burning flags, pulling down statues? You didn't see a single one of them do that. And if this goes through, the only thing that they're going to resist is when they see their constitutional rights violated. And we already saw this here in New York where constitutional rights were taken away. That's it. It's over. It, you, know, it, you know, if this goes through. But I'm going to hope that doesn't happen. All right, I'm going to end it here. So um, let's... Let's pray. Let's pray that. Uh, pray your rosary. Pray your rosary. And if you can, uh, chip in to support uh, the president. I think it will be great. It would have to be. Uh, because this is going to be a legal battle. And legal battles cost money. So God bless. And uh, we'll be back again soon.